0: Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Brave the weather and go out and save America because that's what you're doing. We do have a country to save. You don't fix Democrat chaos with Republican chaos. And Nikki did a good job. She was okay, but she's not right to be president. She's not tough enough. Well, America first doesn't belong to me.
3: It doesn't belong to Trump. It belongs to to you. I'm the only
2: candidate
4: who has actually fought and beaten the Democratic Party.
1: I defeat Biden by 17 points. We will not stop until we get this job done. Our enemies want to take away my freedom because I will never let them take away your freedom. You go out and caucus for me,
2: I'll be fighting for you for the next eight years as the next president of the United States.
1: Join with me and caucus. I promise you, our best days are yet to come. God bless you. Thank you very much. your vote we're going to defeat crooked Joe Biden. We're going to take back our country. We're going to make America great again.
4: USA! 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 There you go. That's the closing arguments from the three that have a shot specifically to do anything in theory. It's really Trump. Trump's walking away with it. He's got the biggest lead that anybody's ever had in the history of the Iowa polling. so.
5: I don't know. I'm really impressed by Nikki Haley's enthusiasm numbers. Somewhat less than 10% of her would-be voters say they're highly enthusiastic. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Whereas Trump supporters, if
5: they were on fire, they would still caucus before they put themselves out. Right. 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 Boy, the Nikki Haley vote reminds me of when, you know, Judy and I aren't sure what we want to eat, and neither one of us wants to cook, and there's some freezer-burned taquitos (laughs) lurking in the back of the freezer. We think, well, what the hell, we could eat those.
4: (laughs) While we're on it, um, the uh, uh, I think it was NBC, one of your polling organizations had Joe Biden's approval rating is lowest ever, 33%. Lowest any president has been at any point in the presidency in 15 years, they said. So when would that be? Was Did do, do Obama ever get down to 33%? And if so, why? Right after Obamacare passed? Maybe? I don't know. Anyway, so Biden's at 33% currently. Trump's approval rating, and this is retrospective, but um, do you approve or disapprove of his presidency? He's at 41. He's upside mm. down. I mean, that would be low if he weren't running against Joe Biden. He's upside down, 41 53. But he's still got an eight point lead on Joe Biden.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Greatest superpower on earth. You'd think we could do better, but eh, what are you gonna do? I,
4: I know I, this is a rhetorical question because I know your answer. Um is are one of the major parties actually gonna run a guy who's senile in his eighties and, pol- and, and polling at 33%? Why would that does not thats not that isn't that isn't that some sort of uh,
5: malpractice? Don't you get sued by for for, the, for doing that? Well, you certainly should. Yeah, I. Well, yeah. My answer, obviously, if you've been listening, is I don't think Biden's going to run. Uh, saw in interest, um, but that would be his national... decision. You're, you're thinking not the party's decision. Oh, well, yeah, it's absolutely the party's decision. I was just going to say, I came across a, a piece in the National Review, which I have just clicked upon. Loading, loading. There it is. Um, in which uh, Dan McLaughlin, who's a smart guy, says popular theory among conservatives is that the Democrats are luring Republicans into the trap once the GOP is committed to the unpopular Donald Trump, blah, 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 bait and switch, Biden out, uh, substitute somebody with less baggage.
4: And who is that somebody?
5: Well, that's uh, that's an excellent question. Uh, the reason it's not going to happen, according to Mr. McLaughlin, who's wrong, is first there's no mechanism to make it happen. Then he goes back to some historical examples of something similar happening, and the people involved were willing to step aside. And he says there's no sign that Biden is. I think Biden will become so incapacitated in the next six months that it will be just utterly clear to anybody he can't be on the ticket that is my theory i'm sticking with it um and his other arguments he has four arguments uh why uh, first of all if i'm right none of the other three matter um and and but his third argument is there's no consensus on who would replace biden right which That's,
4: is true that is the problem who
5: and he actually name checks Michelle Obama, a possibility that I find hilariously unlikely, but uh, I am in a minority once again in that thinking as well, but that's fine. Uh, yeah, so that is a bit of a problem. I mean, Gavi Newsom's an obvious choice. Um, in spite of his uh, difficulties, uh, well, he's ruined the greatest state in the Union, for instance. I mean, that's one of his problems. Uh, so
2: uh, we're I, I agree that we all fall short sometimes.
5: Yeah, yeah, there's fallen short, then there's fallen short, you flying phony. Uh, But I I just think he's wrong. Anyway, uh, where were we? You were making a point. I was going to actually put that aside and address your point.
4: I don't think I was making a point.
5: Yeah, surely you were making a point. I mean, I I doubt it. Who would would co-host a nationally known and very popular radio show and babble and not have a point to make? It's just, it's unthinkable.
4: Since I was out being sick, who brought in the life-size Taylor Swift cardboard cutout? Where did that come from? Does it really matter? It's very,
5: (laughs) what matters is that it's here. It's very
4: attractive. (laughs) It is life-size. That's probably about her height, almost six feet. Do you have any idea where that came from, Michael? No idea. Yeah. Cool. It's a gift. So now we have a a life-size cardboard cutout of Donald Trump, Jason Aldean.
5: Wearing a Barack Obama mask. Obama! <laughs> and Taylor Swift. Barack Aldean, we call him. Uh, <laughs> my anyway... S- my uh, son got a life-size
4: Queen Elizabeth cardboard cutout for his room for Christmas.
5: Mm, that is odd. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to uh, make fun of the, the notion of Iowa being important for a variety of reasons. I had forgotten... Oh wait a second. Before we get to that, more importantly, uh Mary in Idaho wants to know the peanut butter and jelly bacon shake. How does the bacon make it up through the straw?
4: Um it was just peanut a peanut butter shake with bacon and peanut butter bacon. And it was oh, okay. strips no of bacon. Um not just like flavor or or ground up like they on a baked potato. Big chunks of bacon. Wow. I had to dig it out there with the the with the straw. It doesn't come up through the straw.
5: I don't I don't mind that. I
4: didn't mind it either. <laughs> no, that's
5: good. I'm glad you do not mind I mean, you, sometimes you have to meet bacon halfway. <laughs> right? Sonic makes a good shake, too. I'm telling you. For a limited time. Don't miss out. I've eaten one shake in the last decade and probably one in the decade before that. What? <laughs> a milkshake is my I've given up food. That is my wow. instant. I suck down a milkshake. I will gain three pounds. And I don't want to gain three pounds. I just can't, I can't eat milkshakes. Mm, they're delicious. It's, it's probably no worse than you know half re- a dozen other things. I had I do five
4: eating. in one day once as my record. Driving across Western Kansas.
5: Wait a minute, what?
4: Yeah, I, went, I was I was back in Kansas. I hadn't been there 12 in twelve
5: years. years old. Obviously,
4: <laughs> driving prematurely. I was forty two, and I was uh, I was stopping at all my favorite places for milkshakes as I drove across the state, and I ate five in one day.
5: No. Yeah. That's amazing. I Can't understand why I can't keep the weight off. I, I don't. I need I don't that Ozempic
4: drug. Needs to be paid
5: for by the taxpayer because I don't have any control over this. Michael, I've got to address you specifically. Does he understand how astounding that is?
3: I don't think he does.
5: Five in a day. Three is incomprehensible to me.
4: Really, an afternoon probably.
5: Good lord. Let me get over the shock of that and launch into a quick message before we get back to uh, the election that really matters, and it's not the the waste of time in Iowa. Uh, but anyway, a word from Simply Safe Home Security: We've wrapped up 2023, ushering in twenty-four. It's perfect time to reflect on what truly matters, and that's the people we love the most. And this year, let's resolve to keep our loved ones safer than ever with the award-winning Simply Safe system, named the best home security of 2023 by U.S. News and World Report.
4: Yeah, the best security system and it ain't super expensive either 24/7 monitoring is highly affordable costing less than a dollar a day half the price of traditional home security satisfaction's guaranteed you can try simply safe for 60 days risk free if you don't love it return your system for a full refund why wouldn't you try it
5: and if scumbags are breaking into houses in your area or it's just porch pirates or it's the randos letting their dog poop on your lawn, be aware of what's going on with their great cameras. Then you've got sensors that detect break-ins, fires, floods, whatever threat you need to be safe from. And with 24-7 live guard protection, monitoring agents can actually see, speak to, and confront intruders in your home. Well, go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. You can save 20% off your new system with a fast protect plan. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Customize your system in minutes. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. There's no safe like Simply Safe.
4: Not to continue with my eating, but I do think it is scientifically interesting. I eat way more desserts since I lost my um, ability to taste sweet. COVID killed off my ability to taste sweet, and I take in more desserts since then. It's, uh, you would think
5: it would be the opposite, but it's not. Yeah, that is so interesting. Huh. Iowa is not predictive of much. It winnows the field, period. It wasn't a big deal at all. Actually, they just started caucusing in 1972, I think, and nobody cared. Except Jimmy Carter thought, you know what? I'm going to win Iowa. I'm going to go there and start visiting with people. I'm personable. I'm Southern. I have a nice smile. And uh, and he caught fire in Iowa. And so since then, it's been a pretty good option for getting your name out there. But the last three winners of Iowa on the Republican side have been, uh, durr, uh, help me out, uh, Ted Cruz, Rick Santorum, and and, and uh, Huckabee. Mike Huckabee. Yeah, yeah. So, meh. Uh, On the other hand, there was uh, an election of enormous impact the other day in Taiwan. The vice president of the incumbent party, who is hostile to China, God bless them, uh, and their party, uh, won another four-year term. And, of course, China, being a bunch of blowhard commie bastards, have uh, responded as they usually do with blowhard commie bastardations, like, this uh, this is uh, the gravely wrong signal. This is the wrong signal. These separatist forces, this will lead to blah, blah, blah.
4: Yeah, from what I read, the opponent that lost was not as friendly to China as some were making out in the United States. He was more of a um, kind of the United States strategic ambiguity. Just don't talk about it. <laughs> but the guy that won is hardcore. No, we got to be independent. We're our own country. Um, And, uh, you know, is out loud about it, which I think is fantastic.
5: Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And uh, which strategy is the right one in that situation, man? That is a sto- That is a call that history will judge. Uh, I know there's also a faction in Taiwan that says, "Hey, they're saying they'll grant us autonomy like Hong Kong oh, had boy. for a while, but they'll let us do it for good." I mean, good lord, you people are saps. Anyway, um, I-, I think I think you've got to be hardline. Uh, you you do not want to let that dragon's nose under your tent but the chinese as i said are angry and then our senile old president should have gotten you the oh, tapes does not Yep. yeah there he is uh was asked hey do you have any reaction to the uh the the election in taiwan he said we do not support independence that was his answer he didn't congratulate the winner Well, the State Department later put out a statement saying, hey, we congratulate Mr. Lai, who is the winner. Uh, We are going to work with him to deepen ties with Taipei. Uh, We have great uh, friendship with the people of Taiwan, blah, blah. No, he said, we do not support independence. They just wandered off.
4: It's interesting that he said that, given the fact that he has said that
5: we would defend Taiwan with troops. He's senile. You know, n- never mind his, his approval ratings. I think it would be idiotic. I think it is idiotic, immoral, uh, just a, a fraud, a bait and switch to even run the guy. I can't believe they're even contemplating it. He's shut. He's done. He's got one foot in the grave. He's in God's waiting room. His last breath is coming up tick, 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 tick. Hard to say, but not long from now. Come on, America. <laughs>
4: Um, vanishing need for office space across the country was a focus of 60 minutes last night. That's a troubling story. Don't know how that's going to shake out. We'll hit on that and a bunch of other stuff. Stay with us.
1: Armstrong and Getty. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com?
2: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: The Armstrong and
2: Getty Show. Speaking
0: of airlines,
4: a United flight from Florida had to make an emergency landing after an open-door indicator light turned on. Meanwhile, on Spirit, indicator lights are how they illuminate the cabin. (laughs) (laughs) It's never good when the in-flight entertainment is your life flashing before your eyes. Wow. The in-flight entertainment is your life flashing before your eyes. (laughs) Um, Mm. Did you know Microsoft became the world's most viable company last week, surpassing Apple? No, I had no idea. I didn't know either. Microsoft? I don't have Microsoft stock, I don't think. Anymore. A reordering set in motion by the rise of generative AI. Microsoft is big on that and made enough money off of it, I guess. that
5: I don't know. Well, they're the, uh, the owner of... Uh, of uh, What's the one that the guy ran? <laughs> the big one. Is are that they, the name of it? Generative AI? Are no, they, uh, they chat GBT
4: or BARD? or BARD is Google.
5: No, no, it's the, uh, I'm sorry, I, I, I need more coffee. Um, the guy who got sacked by the board, the, rehired again, the wunderkind, the toast of uh, Silicon Valley. Everybody knows his name but me. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'll take your word. Yeah. Anyway, buy, buy Microsoft stock, or don't. Um, another nugget for you, I mentioned this earlier, but I found the, the note of where it is. Newark, New Jersey will now allow 16-year-old and 17-year-olds to vote in school board elections. Supporters hope it's the start of a movement. A movement toward having children vote?
5: Well, yeah, yeah, they're, I'm sure their supporters do, um, because it's much more easy to manipulate children into voting for progressive uh, programs and people. We know that because that's, they're swayed by childish emotion and not life experience.
4: We know that's a reason that people push for that, right? I mean, you, you, you can make the argument that, well, 16 year olds should be able to vote for the school board because they're in school. And that's, the, and that's the, you know, one step toward having 16- and 17-year-old votes all the time. Which, I mean, if you can sway 22-year-olds towards some of this nonsense that they'll protest for Hamas, what are you going to be able to get 16-year-olds to do? Good Lord, I hope this does not kick off a movement.
5: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I think it's incredibly foolish. And it's just, it's, it's naked what they're doing and why they're doing it um but uh, the word has not gotten around partly because you know and this is what conservatives are against up against all the time um nobody in the media talks about how blatantly idiotic an idea it is
4: We'll hit you with a couple of clips from last night's 60 Minutes coming up just because I thought that was... A, did you watch that first story? Um, I did, the, yeah. the 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 new nature of office space in this country, how this is going to shake out over time, I do not know. If you work in a building, I'm sure it's the same for you as it is for us and as it is for everybody. Your building is practically empty. Your parking lot is practically empty. Well, that can't just continue. Somebody owns these buildings and was, you know, making a payment on them and getting rents and all that sort of stuff. So,
5: Yeah, uh, Yeah, it's shocking. A little more on
4: that coming up. Oh, and 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 an amount that's just flipping stunning. San Francisco and New York being a couple of the great examples. Actually, San Francisco is the emptiest city in America, but...
5: Joe, so, so just to uh, save you writing the email, yes, OpenAI and their CEO Sam Altman was uh, what I was groping for.
4: Oh, that whole soap opera, right?
5: Yeah, yeah,
4: and that's got to do with why Microsoft is the most valuable company in the world now, more than
5: Apple. Why? Well, I, I wouldn't know what told you that. If you, I'd have lost that bet. Well, the tech roller coaster goes up, then it goes down. A lot more on the way. If you
4: missed a segment, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty on demand.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
2: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: What is New York City without its skyline? Monuments to commerce standing proudly shoulder to shoulder. More office space than any city in the world. But peek inside all this vertical real estate, and there's a fundamental question. Where is everyone? More than 95 million square feet of New York office space currently unoccupied. The equivalent of 30 Empire State Buildings. 95 million square feet of office space
4: unoccupied in New York. I don't know what it is in San Francisco, but it is uh, percentage-wise the emptiest city in America.
5: Yeah, I was going to say even New York, which is not quite as bad off, the percentages are absolutely shocking.
4: Yeah, we've got a little more on that coming up in a second. I wanted to mention I've got this story. If you enjoy these bitter foods, you might be you might have psychopathic tendencies. I love these stories.
5: Yeah, this. I'm, I, why am I anticipating this is going to be my list? A uh, list of favorite foods. Here we go.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you must think you're a psychopath. Well, what the yeah, story some, I had last some week? Some days. If you sleep with your socks on, you're a psychopath. I agree
5: with that. Every day. Every damn day. Maybe a few days uh, a year in the summer, I do not. You sleep with socks on? Of course. Most sane people do, weirdo. Good
4: Lord. I could have been on the 50-yard line at Arrowhead Stadium during the game trying to sleep, and I wouldn't have been able to wear socks. I'd have had to kick my socks off.
5: Well, that's a shame. Maybe there's room for you in the home for the damaged. Because I'm not a psychopath is the reason. Well, that's an interesting take, psychopath.
4: (laughs) Anyway, I've got that coming up. Um, Oh, and I should mention this. We have gotten a hundred texts of people saying that the cold is so bad that I've got, and a lot of people have. I mean, just like it doesn't feel like a cold. It feels like you're dying. um, Is because of the vaccine. The vaccine has... Ruined our immune system or made colds worse for some of us. Number of people have texted they didn't get the vaccine. Colds aren't bothering them, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot of you re- are responding that way, and I acknowledge that,
5: yeah, sure. I, it's anecdotal. I don't understand how that could possibly be epidemiologically speaking, but I don't know everything about it. So I'll keep an open mind. I think it's unlikely, honestly, folks, but uh, uh, there's a hell of a lot that unfolded all around COVID, that it was either dishonest or had unanticipated consequences.
4: Yeah, I'm leaving this one. uh, There's some reason this cold is so bad. Something's going on. The the average cold coronavirus got stronger. Our immune systems changed because of COVID-19.
5: Something happened. I think the crowd, and again, this is a wild guess, and I acknowledge that. I think the crowd that refused the vaccine was probably also the crowd that I was part of, though I got the vaccine, uh, that uh, did not socially distance, did not end my social life. We got together. We had barbecues. We had cookouts. We had parties. Uh, we went out to eat. Um, we we did not alter our lives much at all in the conservative corner of California, where we enjoyed the COVID years. Well.
4: And you think that affected the the colds how?
5: Well, I just think that, uh, again, the crowd... Oh, I'm sorry. I did leave out the the important part because we discussed it earlier. I think people who... Continued to mix and have contact with other human beings. Got the occasional cold, although I didn't get many. Um, and so our immune systems were more in touch with where the coronaviruses of the world were. Whereas if you walled yourself off from humanity, as the viruses of the world continued to evolve, when they showed up in your blood or in your your nasal passages, your body's like, uh, I'm like way behind, man. I don't have immunity to this bug. But I don't know. Well, it's an easy
4: transition back to the 60 Minutes piece, as it was the COVID lockdown that caused the change in office space. Um, there was some uh, overvaluing of real estate and a variety of things going on. Anywho, but a lot of people started working at home. Business has changed. Like I said, we all know this. If you work in a building, your building is half what it used to be, if if if, if that. And it's that way all over the country. How this is going to shake out, I don't know. Here's a little more from last night's. 60 minutes piece. So
3: this building had a lot of law firms, had some
0: government tenants. Some- Scott
3: Reckler is CEO of RXR, a New York real estate company with more than $20 billion in holdings. Right now, We walk through his property at 61 Broadway near Wall Street. Every other floor, half the building lies empty. I think this is an existential moment. You know, I call it crossing the chasm. What's the chasm specifically?
2: This post COVID world of higher interest rates, the changing nature of how people work and live. We're not going back to where we were. It's a different world, and it's gonna be turbulent. Yeah,
4: I'd say it's gonna be turbulent. Um uh, more on this and then we'll discuss.
3: As tenants shrink their office footprint, office landlords are confronting the fact that some of their buildings have become obsolete, if not worthless. Ever the pragmatist Reckler decided not to throw good money after bad at sixty-one Broadway and defaulted to his bank on a two hundred and forty million dollar loan. I could see people say a lot of money. How did he sleep
2: last night? We invest a lot of equity. If it works, we make a lot of money. If it doesn't work, the lender um, can take over the building. You got to face reality, right? Reality is coming your way.
3: The reality is the price of office buildings is tanking as much as 40% since the pandemic. Yeah,
4: almost a half the office space price. And they had a couple of guys on there who had made an offer on a big building in New York. Pre-pandemic, they made an offer of $80 million. They couldn't even get a call back. They just bought that building for $40 million.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Same building. I feel like we're in, like, the fourth phase of five, maybe a few more, in the work adjusting to COVID and post-COVID. Because the, you know, the evidence is piling up now that especially for younger workers... You've got to be in the office. It is critical to your career, your advancement, your pay, your raises. You've got to be in the office. And, you know, if we have young people listening, so much of what makes your career happens not as you're doing your job. It's the conversations, the jokes, the casual conversations, the, you know, uh, your, your boss sees you walking down the hall and thinks, hey, could you got a second? It's not your official duties everybody knows that's going to be happening that are the keys to your career. It's often the stuff in between. I think more and more young people are realizing that. And so I think we're probably at about the low point um, for people showing up to the office. I don't think that's going to grow. I think it's going to shrink, the stay-at-home thing. I could be wrong. I what do
4: you think? would agree it's going to shrink. I just I don't know how much. And then at least around here a lot of positions went away. So it's not that they're home. They just that job doesn't exist anymore.
5: Uh, yeah, that's particular to, you know, <clears throat> some industries. Uh, it will never return to where it was. I think maybe it gets halfway back. So what happens to all that
4: office space? Uh,
5: <clears throat> well, all those they parking, to lots it. parking garages that are just empty. Well, the parking lots, I don't know, pickleball courts, um <laughs> the uh the, the commercial buildings they've got to. They've got to convert to residential, and as 60 Minutes droned on at some length about it, the problem is entirely regulatory um, in terms of what's keeping companies from turning all these empty um, uh, office buildings into apartment buildings. There are cost problems, but as they made clear in the story... They're remodeling office buildings into apartment buildings, but they're high-end apartments, partly because of the cost involved. It's not cheap to do this. And they're like, well, this won't help the affordable housing issues. And I'm like, oh, for God's sake, would somebody teach Econ 101 in high schools, please? Would somebody even teach the first week of it to people so they understand the basics of economics? If you have a sudden flood of quote-unquote expensive prestige real estate that's going to make the level below it much less expensive and the level below it much less expensive etc on down the line it's like if 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 the all of a sudden in your house they build a hundred of the nicest houses that have ever been in those that neighborhood or that town The richest people are going to abandon their their already pretty damn nice houses and move to the status houses. What does that do? That opens up the market for people to move up, and it decreases prices along the line. So, yes, clear away the regulatory crap, and New York is full of it, obviously. It's a blue city. And you will see uh, uh, thousands of units come online every month. I wonder if that can happen. Well, it can if they get the hell out of the way.
4: Well, that's what I mean. Can can the the regulation stuff get mm. taken away?
5: It'll take a while. It it reminds me of like the uh, the bums and junkies issues in the blue city of America, blue cities of America. It's got to get so incredibly obvious and incredibly miserable that the progressives who have been touting these policies have to say something to the effect of, "I guess we were wrong. We need to change."
4: Looking at this list of foods that uh, if you enjoy them, you're probably a psychopath. I don't know.
5: I'll be thinking about this list of foods as I fall deeply asleep wearing my socks. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, my God. That makes me uncomfortable thinking about it. Oh, that would be a torture. Like if you tied my arms down and made me try to go to sleep with socks on, I would scream. What the hell? Yeah, I sleep with
5: socks on quite a bit.
4: you have, like, burning infections on your feet or what? I'm surrounded by psychopaths.
5: Yeah, says you, says the psychopath. Uh, Science has proved you need a cool dark room and warm feet. I've read the studies. You do. You want your feet uh, nice and comfortable. That way you sleep. Burning hot? Not burning hot. Not burning hot. Mine would be burning hot with socks on. Get an air conditioner, idiot. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Maybe the, the differences in foot circulation. Why 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 must human beings I was thinking about this over the weekend. Why must human beings insist that everybody has the same reality? The same perceptions, the same needs. What what a stupid species we are. You, you, wanna, hear, you wanna hear something that would revolutionize American politics and make it way, way better? It's as if people understood the following principle. And this is like the second or third, like, key principle to understanding the world I've laid on you in a single day. <laughs> a gratuity would be nice. I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you my Venmo. Anyway, here it is. With population density... The higher the population density, the greater need for regulation and authority to exercise its power. Densely populated cities all have lots of rules and regs and lots of law enforcement and everybody wants it. That's why your densely populated cities are almost exclusively blue cities because they want the government to do more in your less densely populated areas in Western Montana. They don't want to see the government at freaking all ever. You know why? Because they don't need it. They don't need the regulations. People know each other. You are accountable for your actions because the population density is less and everybody knows everybody, and it slides on a continuum. And if the people in cities who have the electoral advantage, so they usually elect the government. My home state, Illinois, is a great example of this. If the people in the cities would have the the humbleness and the perspective to understand people in the suburbs have a different set of needs for government. People in the exurbs, and then people in the in the uh, the rural areas have very different needs for government. Stop governing an entire state like it's the city you live in. If if America could figure that out, we would have peace, prosperity, and happiness. Wow, the Joe Getty doctrine. Thank and you. I hope somebody wrote that down.
4: And that's why you should wear socks when you sleep. That's how you got there. I don't know. I don't know what that could mean. Um m- much more on the way. Uh did you hear the latest poll from Iowa? I don't know if you need I can tell you the two numbers that matter the most easily. And they're about the economy, and they're stunning. Speaking of uh costs and rents and that sort of stuff. Among other things on the way, stay here.
2: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: The Armstrong
3: and Getty Show. There was a breakdown, there's
1: Trump holding a dominant 28 point lead in a new Des Moines Register NBC News poll. Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis now in a desperate race for second place. A former South Carolina governor now edging out DeSantis by four points.
4: Yeah, whatever for you, second and third place finishers. I, don't know, I wonder what that feels like being them. I mean, do, do do either one of them still hold on to the idea that they're going to be president of the United States this go around?
5: I think Haley probably does. I think she's going to finish second. That's what most pundits agree. But the problem with her is it's like, you know, the NFL playoffs. You win the first two rounds or you get by anyway. It's not a thing in football. Uh, But the third round is going to kill her. She's going to be a surprise strong second in Iowa, giving her great momentum into New Hampshire, where her strong showing will send her to her home state where she gets her ass whooped by Trump. Right. And that's going to be devastating. Yeah. How do you bounce back from getting your clock cleaned in your home state?
4: You don't. And DeSantis would be out by then, I assume. Anyway, the issue that's going to matter come election time, if this continues to be uh, the way people look at it, is uh, your pocketbook, your economy. Listen to this. When Biden took the oath of office in January 2021, the average monthly mortgage payment in Las Vegas was about $1,200. That number for new mortgages has soared to twenty three fifty today, due to rising interest rates and how rising housing prices. So the average mortgage doubled since Joe Biden took office. Now, whether that's his fault or not, or how representative that is of other parts of the country, and it's pretty representative. I mean, that's that's incredible.
0: Doubled.
5: Yeah. Well, if you accept the fact, and you'd better, that politics is about gut-level reactions to I want to change or I don't want a change,
4: people want to change. Yeah, and then this. We mentioned this earlier, but it's just amazing. Personal finances. Whose policy would make you financially better off, Trump or Biden? And this is of likely voters nationwide. Trump wins 49-21 for your personal finances Trump being elected would make you financially better off. 49, Biden 21.
5: That's amazing. As I said a couple of times this weekend, watching football in the fourth quarter, why are we still playing? (laughs) This is over.
4: Damn near a 30-point lead for Trump being in office would make me richer. Yeah. You don't overcome that unless something crazy would have to happen. And, you know, we got 10 months, so something crazy could happen But.
5: And and it's Biden getting out. Combination of the physical and mental infirmity and the miserable numbers.
4: I don't know where we're going with these wars or where Trump will be on them once he's a general election candidate. Uh, I had a report. I was going to play it. Actually, to can play it now. But... Um, Ukraine's in a bad spot. I mean, they're running out of bullets. They're running out of everything. We haven't gotten them that extra funding and extra stuff. And if we don't soon, uh, it looks like Russia's going to start gaining ground again, like taking back territory. Mm -hmm. And they could actually end up winning. There was discussion of that yesterday in some of your shows, of Russia actually winning. Wow. I feel like, and I know some of you disagree uh, strongly, I think it could be one of the great mistakes in world history. I agree with the crowd that says, you don't want to spend $300 million on this next round of funding for Ukraine because we need the money at home. It's going to cost us way much more than that in the long run if the world order goes away.
5: And behind the scenes, the senile president says, "Eh, we could take care of our border if the Republicans would pass a law of funding. We have more than enough funding to enforce uh, immigration law. There's just no will to enforce it. But that is what's holding up the money for Ukraine and Israel, too, is they can't come to an agreement with enforcing the damned laws on the border, which is just, uh, you want to talk about Biden's miserable poll numbers. There's a good example. We do four hours every
4: day, even on a holiday. If you missed an hour, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand.
1: Armstrong and Getty.